How do you propel your inner healing journey while also giving yourself grace to move slow? How do you listen to your body signals telling you to take a moment before you hit total burnout? Gain a new perspective on why your inner gremlin speaks the loudest when you deal with those triggers and memories that have haunted you for a while. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf, and this is Speak Kindly, You're Listening. Don't forget to check out the book with the same name that inspired it all, soon to be on Amazon, November 2022. It's out next week on November 17th. Woo! With me today is Hannah Rumsey, who is a developmental editor and coach. Okay, here's a little secret. She's my developmental editor as well. She had written and performed autobiographical one-woman play, 42 Days of Summer, and has been published in the short story collection, The Tall People, along with being published in the research journal, Medical Problems of Performing Artists. On today's episode, Hannah will share how to be gentle with yourself as you move through the self-worth journey, and how overanalyzing can lead to unrealistic expectations and give you tools to deal with triggers that awaken your inner gremlin and push you to burnout. Here we go. Hannah, thank you so much for being here and being with me to share this space. So first and foremost, let me just say, Hannah and I have a very personal connection because Hannah is my editor for my book. So So I just want to say like through that entire process, I appreciated you helping me squash my own inner gremlins during those times Mm -hmm. because they were loud definitely on certain days. And even after that, when I had sent the book over to, to the publisher, it was one of those moments in time where oh my goodness, is this actually good? And so I want to say thank you immensely for that. And then now I want to hear about a bit of your inner gremlins and what you've heard in the past and how you've gotten to where you are today. So right Mm -hmm. off the bat, diving right into it, is there a moment in time when you think back and that voice was so loud and that's all you could hear? Uh, yesterday? No. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because I've, I've been thinking about it a lot because it's like I have inner gremlins about a lot of different things. And the one I've been dealing with the most lately is social inner gremlins, which affects my social life and my connectivity with other people. And I think I was really reflecting on it a lot uh, the past couple days, I think a lot of them stem from some sort of core wound that maybe came from traumatic events or just past memories. And so then the voice kind of keeps coming because of like stories I've created for myself. So it's like the core wound, and this is going to sound super melodramatic, but it's just kind of the summary is no one likes me. <laughs> and I was thinking back and I I think it started in like first grade and who knows why, you know, it was like a combination of nature plus nurture plus my personality plus like things that happened. And I have this memory of one of my closest friends in first grade said, we got in a little tiff, which was probably really stupid. Like, I don't know, whatever little kids argue about. And he was like, we're no longer friends. And I went home and I was devastated like just absolutely devastated and the next day it was like he didn't even remember that he had said that (laughs) but it's like little things like that over the years and so I feel like that's an inner voice thing that comes up for me a lot is 
something will happen and I'll be like, oh no, they don't like me anymore or they're mad at me. And I feel like now that I have perspective as an adult, I'm able to like argue my way out of it. Kind of like two voices in my head having a conversation (laughs) and I'll kind of rationalize myself away. I appreciate this immensely because I think at times when I'm talking about imposter syndrome and perfectionism and that inner voice, people relate it to work and work only. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Like that inner gremlin can follow us into our personal life exactly how you just described. So I appreciate (laughs) jumping jumping into the social anxiety aspect of it. And now let's even touch on the fact that we're in a post-pandemic era. And so we've been isolated for a very Mm -hmm. long time. And now we have to put ourselves back out there. And there's that anxiousness that comes with it. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I want to totally dive deeper into this. Yeah. Grade one was how long ago for you? Oh, gosh. I'm 30. How old are people in first grade? Like five or six years old. So over two decades, that voice has been there saying, no one likes me. Mm -hmm. And when people start to do the work or you start to, I love the description of the two voices going back and forth, Mm -hmm. you have to start to navigate through that voice to be able to hear a different voice. So walk me through when you started to realize when your inner gremlin was saying, no one likes me, that Mm -hmm. it either wasn't the truth Mm -hmm. or you said to yourself, I don't need to listen to this. I need to start creating that new voice. Yeah, it's actually, (laughs) I think I'm sure that I realized it earlier, but it was a couple weeks ago that my sister kind of had a little intervention with me. This is so live in the moment. Okay, I love this. Okay. Because I do this thing where if someone doesn't text me back for a while or their communication kind of has a little shift, I'll be like, oh my God, all of a sudden they hate me or I did something. And sometimes I'll even say that out loud, maybe not quite so melodramatically, but for example, I was visiting home with my sister and we messaged our cousin and we're like, hey, do you want to get lunch? And she didn't respond or she didn't respond for a while because she's super busy and uh, there's a million reasons. And I was like, do you think she's mad at us? Like, did we do something? And my sister was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then she kind of sat me down and she was like, I read this somewhere and I think you should start this, but just assume that everyone likes you. Even if it's like not true, because it's, you know, not everyone likes everyone, but having that assumption instead of the opposite will just lead for a happier life, I guess. But yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of the gremlin. When she said that to you, because that's a lot of the reframing that I do is Mm -hmm. how do we go about taking one story that we've created and shift it into a new light and something that we connect with. So now walking into that room in any room, instead of Mm -hmm. thinking, oh my goodness, does this person like me? It's now the complete opposite. And Mm -hmm. so does it resonate with you? Does it feel like you can believe that? (laughs) One day. um... (laughs) Yeah, one day, one day. I like it. Yeah, it'll take a while. It's not like I walk into every room and I assume nobody there likes me. It's more like that's the deep wound that will create the little niggling fears where I'm like, should I talk to them? Or maybe they don't want to talk to me or... Like two days ago, I went to a social event 
And I felt, do you ever like feel so awkward? You're like, how do I move my arms? How do I? Like, I do. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, I, I, sudden, I feel yeah. that. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I'm walking like a robot. And then I felt like I was an actor in a scene instead of like living my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost kind of like that bird's eye view at times you're just like is this what's happening right now <laughs> yeah um, definitely oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I think part of that feeling so incredibly uncomfortable was not fully believing that quote-unquote everyone likes me so I felt like I had to kind of act a certain way instead of just fully being myself so what would you say that new voice is saying to you? Like, what was it saying to you in that moment when you were feeling, I don't know where to put my arms? <laughs> <laughs> What's that reframe? Like, do you have a statement instead of the statement of no one likes me? What's your new statement that you end up saying when you walk into those situations or even if you just walk into a coffee shop? Yeah, it's interesting because it's like my sister said the polar opposite. Whereas I think in the past people and society have said no one cares <laughs> and that's what you should be thinking like no one's actually looking at you or paying attention and no one cares and I think maybe that's also really extreme and it's somewhere in between that everyone likes you and no one cares <laughs> but this is also recent for me that I'm still trying to find a good sweet spot because no one cares also doesn't quite feel right so yeah I don't know I think I'm gonna try out everyone likes me and then if that feels weird I might be like what's in between that and no one cares I don't know <laughs> this is so good because when we're trying to create that new inner voice it is it's trying to take snippets of what we are going to believe so even walking into a room and something along the lines of not everyone is going to have the same interests as me but I'll be able to connect with the people that I want to connect with oh right? I love that. <laughs> it's not the extremes. And I realize at times when we think about some of our reframes, I know some of our reframes can actually can get a little wordy, a little mm -hmm. bit longer than a short affirmation. And the reason for that is we've got to tell our mind that this is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So going from the no one cares because someone does care, right? And yeah. that's who you're going to connect with in the room, the person who you care for and that they care for you. Mm -hmm. And so when you step into that reframe and being able to navigate that inner voice, then it becomes easier being like, okay, well, you're right. I'm not going to get along with everyone because here's the big kicker. Do you like everyone? <laughs> Anytime I ask that question, everyone always laughs. <laughs> They're like, oh, crap. No, I don't. <laughs> right? And so it's really easy for that inner, inner gremlin to come through and say, like, no one likes you. But turn it back on it being like, but you don't like everyone. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because mm -hmm. we're not supposed to get along with everyone. Right? Yeah. And there's people who I really, really like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Okay, so because it's so fresh and you're starting to navigate through it right now, I want you to tell people, like, because some people automatically assume, okay, once I start doing the work, it's going to be this like light switch and everything's going to be easy and I'm going to be able to figure it out. And so just over the last two weeks, what have you started to notice if anything at all right now the past two days I have felt a little bit like 
crazy and then I have those two voices in my head about this friend who whose texting seemed to change a little bit towards me. And I think it's because of life and no one's always consistent. I was overanalyzing it, I think. And that's like happening now, which is crazy. <laughs> and saying it out loud, I'm like, wow, I am so petty. <laughs> but it's one of those things I will never tell this friend. Like it's the things that I know are for the most part, like I'll either just keep within myself or I'll share with someone like you who gets it, you know? But I know that like if I told her, she'd be like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it's tricky, and I think it'll take a little bit of time, but it helps that when I was little, I saw these thoughts as truth, and now I know that they're not truth, and that helps a lot. So powerful right there. Like, so powerful. <laughs> Again, going back and creating that story that sticks with us for years, and mm-hmm. if that's what we choose to believe to be true, then we're going to keep finding that evidence around us that no one does like us. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to then go through life thinking that, okay, well, that thought that happened back in grade one, I've now carried it for so long Mm -hmm. and it becomes an identity. It becomes a personality at that point in time. And then that affects how then we show up. So the key right here from what you're describing is you've started to see and build that self-awareness over the last little bit. and that's just the starting point. And then recognizing, okay, this is going to be a process. And now that I'm aware Mm -hmm. of it, I can slowly start to make those changes because that initial back from grade one over two decades ago. So that new voice isn't going to be the strongest one yet. Right. Something that I like to do with my clients is start to label this new inner voice. And the reason for it is because now we can actually see it for what it is at this point. So before we have our inner gremlin, or you can call it your inner critic or your inner saboteur, whatever you want to call, I'm going to put you totally on the spot right now. What do you want to call this new inner voice that you're starting to create? Oh, I love this. Ah, I don't know. I want to come up with a good one. (laughs) I don't know why, but this has come to me, but new Hannah. New Hannah, inner new Hannah. Oh, I like this. Okay. So she'll eventually just become Hannah. Exactly. And so that's what I like to show people is as you start to build this new voice is this is what you're stepping into. This is who you are becoming. And so your inner gremlin is a part of you, but it doesn't have to be all of you. So there's always going to be a little bit of those insecurities or a bit of doubt that comes up, but it doesn't have to be the thing that keeps us stuck, preventing Mm -hmm. us from putting ourselves in really cool social situations or hanging out and trying something new or applying for that job. And the reason why Mm -hmm. I wanted you to think of something really quick is it's allowed to evolve as well. So if anyone leaves here today and recognizes that, oh, the voice that I initially gave it a name for, I don't like it, you get to change it. <laughs> like, it doesn't, right? like <laughs> It doesn't have to be set in stone mm-hmm. and you get to decide that. So when your inner gremlin comes up and you want new inner Hannah to come through, Is there a way to allow yourself to hear it more? I think being really gentle with myself is one thing because then there's a third voice (laughs) that 
is mad at myself that the first voice came in the first place. I think it's three people arguing, actually, not just two. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second one, the good one is like, shut up (laughs) to the third one. Like, let me talk to her. (laughs) I love this. Yeah, being really forgiving, gentle, kind. Because there's a quote, actually, that kind of blew my mind when I first heard it. And I'm I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of being gentle with myself will make me strong. Oh, I just got chills. Oh, (laughs) that one hit close. That one totally hit close. We're going to definitely put that in our show notes because that is a quote that people need to be carrying around as they build self-compassion with Mm -hmm. these new voices. And you sharing that third voice, I think we have multiple different voices that choose to come up and it's how we choose to view them and how we choose to see them in our everyday life. You could have Mm -hmm. an inner sage that comes up and all of those voices that come together, they're a part of you and you get to decide which ones are going to propel you. And which mm-hmm. ones are going to add into your well-being mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And every word that we choose to use has impact, purpose, and has meaning. And so it is so important for us to be able to see what we're saying to ourselves and mm-hmm. then adjust accordingly with that gentleness. Mm-hmm. We're touching on some good stuff here, Hannah. <laughs> I love this so much. Okay. Let's go back to further than two weeks ago. And let's go back to, let's say a period of time when you found that your inner gremlin was at its like peak peak and it was really affecting you during that time. What did you notice happening during that time? And how did it affect from an emotional perspective as well? I think it was really bad in college. And for perspective in college, I was majoring in music And I played the trumpet, which I had played since I was 12 in the sixth grade. And I think the lessons that society was telling me was that you have to be really hard on yourself to succeed. So the opposite of being gentle with yourself, right? And so I would practice every day because when you play an instrument professionally or try to become a professional, you pretty much have to do it every day. And so every day for hours, I was hard on myself in a way that I would never be hard on anyone else, not a friend, not even someone I didn't like. You know, it was just, I look back and I'm just like, oh, like my heart just hurts. And that builds up over time. And college is when it it just totally broke me. And there were other factors as well, although I know the mind and body are connected because it also was breaking down my body. And so the mind and the body kind of crashed at the same time. And I remember... In your book, you talked a lot about burnout. I definitely burnt out. (laughs) And I mean, I was ticking all the boxes for all the signs of burnout, right? And, you know, no one talked about it or knew what was happening. But there was one time where I just burst into tears in front of the entire trumpet studio because um, I was playing like a solo and getting coached and nothing against this teacher at all. But he kept clapping his hands and saying, again, again again, again. And I think that just like just made me snap. And I just started bawling. I mean, like the like a baby, like snot, like just 
absolutely bawling. And everyone was just like wide-eyed, like, oh my God. And they were all really nice. Like orchestra was next. And my colleague was like, we'll cover you, like skip orchestra. And then like the next day, it was kind of like it never happened. Although my trumpet teacher kind of came up and he was like, I heard what happened. Like, are you okay? And I kind of laughed it off. Like, oh yeah, I've just been really tired lately. Ha ha, I need to sleep more. But it was like, I brushed it off. After I brushed it off, they brushed it off. But it was totally like a sign of burnout. And that had to happen like five more times. <laughs> like I, I cried in so many public places that year. But it came to a point where I had to switch my major. So I actually stopped being a trumpet major. I had enough credits to like make it a Bachelor of Arts instead of a Bachelor of Music, which now doesn't really make any difference at all. But at the time it was like, but I needed to get a Bachelor of Music. Um, <laughs> and then I added psychology instead. So yeah, I would say that is the time when it broke me. And I kind of had to rebuild myself from scratch after that. I'm sitting over here because I've been in those moments too. Mm -hmm. And that burnout, why does it take it that many times? Like, why are we okay with just brushing it off Mm -hmm. and accepting it and getting to that point where five times later that it's like, okay, something needs to change. I think part of it is that we are in the space of being hard on ourselves. So that includes not listening to our body's messages, even if they're so incredibly clear, they're literally screaming. Like my mind, my body, everything was screaming at me to stop. And I ignored it and kept ignoring it until I literally couldn't ignore it anymore. (laughs) Whoa. What would you say to someone who's listening and maybe they're on their second or third moments in time, like what you just described? What would you say to them to listen to what's going on? I would say don't keep going for the sake of other people. Stop for yourself. Because I think I kept going because I had in my head that people were depending on me or expected a lot out of me or all this stuff. But when I stopped, it was like crickets, right? At the end of the day, no one really cared. It's not that they weren't like, oh, you know, bummed out like oh that's sad that you had to stop but no one was disappointed or upset or anything and so a lot of times maybe not all the time but a lot of times I think that's in our head right that we have to keep other people happy or like fulfill their expectations a lot of times I think those expectations don't even exist so something that you just said and going right back to the initial of no one likes me and the extreme, no one cares, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and it yeah. just, it's one of those where first off, sharing that and giving people the permission to not just be gentle with themselves, but to also give themselves the permission to reevaluate what's going on and say that mm-hmm. I need to make a change because this is no longer working for me. Mm-hmm. When you gave yourself that permission to then switch majors, to then give yourself the time to take care of you, to get the sleep that you needed, because that is something that I tend to do too. I compromise sleep. It's so easy. If I need more hours in a day, I I, I take mm-hmm. from sleep. When you reach that threshold 
and you were like, it's time for the changes. What would you say were those changes that helped you? Really just listening to what I really wanted to do. And one thing I've learned is that jealousy can be a map. And so whenever I was really jealous of other people, most of the time it meant that they were living a life that I secretly wanted, but wasn't able to admit to myself. And so over time, I started listening to that more and more and kind of evaluating who I'm most quote unquote jealous of. And whenever I can, making that change in my life. We've hit so many good topics. (laughs) I'm just taking it in right now. (laughs) From jealousy to sleep, to crying in public, to reframing, to recognizing that we can give ourselves permission to you only two weeks ago realizing that it's it's time to make that change. Uh We're at a point where you now recognize it's come up. You know where that voice initially started back in grade one. It's taking you through and it got you to where you are today, Mm -hmm. although taxing and arduous. And now that you're ready to make that new shift, what are the expectations that you have for yourself in this new shift? I've been reflecting on this a lot about who I want to be. And I want to be calm and grounded and gentle with myself and follow what I want. Obviously, I have to consider how what I do impacts others, but that's different than doing things, living a life for other people. I think that those are different. And being more adventurous. I think sometimes my, especially my social gremlins, hold me back. I'm like, man, sometimes I think how unstoppable would I be if I didn't have these? Like, there's so many times where I didn't say hi to someone, a stranger when I kind of wanted to. Maybe that would have turned into a friendship. I don't know. Or maybe I would have just made their day. And that's cool, too. But there's still voices that hold me back. Yeah, I, I want the new Hannah to not hesitate to initiate conversation with other people not hesitate to go into maybe new or uncomfortable social situations and not hesitate to do things that really bring me full body joy. You just summed up just everything in a nice little neat package. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being vulnerable here because at times I know it's really easy to talk about how our inner gremlin from a professional perspective Mm -hmm. has put us in certain positions that we're reevaluating, but then it's really hard to reflect then on our personal life, whether it's with family or friends with ourselves at those moments, because at the end of the day, we're the ones who are listening to that inner voice or inner voices all the time. Like that's who we're with. That's who keeps us company. Mm -hmm. And so we can choose to be kind to ourselves or we can choose to spew hurtful and destructive words. So mm-hmm. I am so excited for your journey. Hannah, I'm going to hold you to this. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I want, okay. to have you ba- I want to have you back in a year and I want to do this again. Ah! So then we can see, because now we've got a jumping off point for, mm-hmm. okay, the new Hannah voice that's going to be coming through. So in a year from now, we're going to come right back. And I want to see how things have changed over the last year for you. Oh, this is great. It'll give me accountability. <laughs> now I have to actually do it, right? right? <laughs> which, is, which is exactly what we all want at times. <laughs> Someone who is right in the exact same position as 
you right now, starting on that journey, what would Mm -hmm. you say to them? I just keep coming back to be gentle with yourself. I don't know. I think that's a big core piece of it. That is so powerful because we don't give ourselves that at times. So yeah, Mm. keep saying it over and over and over again. (laughs) Say it one more time so that we can close it out. Be gentle with yourself. And there we have it. Hannah sharing not just past experiences, but challenges she's facing right now and how she plans to work through while giving herself the grace and ease to do so. You're definitely going to want to be here next year when Hannah comes back to give us some updates. Key takeaways from today. One, be gentle with yourself. It will make you strong. And that is a great quote. It's in choosing self-compassion that we give ourselves the space to grow, expand, and evolve. Takeaway number two, start listening to your body. Time and time again, we assume if we think different thoughts, then we'll feel better. But that's only part of it. We have to understand how and why our body is responding the way that it is. Every episode will have a reflection question, and this is yours for today. How does your body communicate to you? When you have found your answer, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to info at drjessicametcalf.com. That's info at drjessicametcalfe.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And when you hear your inner gremlin, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? And if your answer is no, then it's time for a reframe. Speak kindly. You're listening.